Hi everyone, welcome to the Beyond Deadlines podcast, where we tackle challenges that schedule leaders come across on a day-to-day basis. My name is Greg Lawton, and I'm the CEO of an AI schedule management company called Nodes and Links. My name is Micah Pipo. I'm a schedule manager for Intel. Wonderful. Right, Micah, you are in the hot seat today. Today's challenge is, you are a senior scheduler in a coaching session. You are wanting to progress in your career. Go. This is a good hot seat to be in. Let me start out with a couple questions. How mm-hmm. long have I been a senior scheduler? You have been a senior scheduler for three years, and you've done it in two jobs. You did a job for a year, and then you moved, and you've now done two years at a a a listed company. Gotcha. And then, what is my career progression that I'm looking for? Where am I trying to go? You are wanting to become the uh, VP or director of scheduling. You're wanting to get up into that echelon. Gotcha. Okay. And this is a, a mentoring session, so I'm coming to you for some advice. I'm a coach, not a mentor. So okay. I, I can ask you questions. I can say, you know, I really should have put it back to you. What do you want to achieve in your career, right. etc.? I'm but a I'm coach, paying, not I'm a mentor. I'm paying you to coach me. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I mean, usually these, these sessions start out with how are things going? So uh, I will answer that question myself, coach. Go for it. Coach Greg. <laughs> how are things going, Micah? Yeah, I think things are going good, Greg. I am doing well in my role, and I'm looking for ways uh, to stand out from the crowd because you know I need to make additional impact outside the senior scheduler role so I can be looked at as a leader in the company. Because if I'm looked at as a leader of the company, that will unlock the next step for me is management. I need to be able to manage a team, and I just haven't quite got there yet. Okay, so what is the what is the next step in your mind in terms of role? Is it is it a schedule manager? I think that's what you know we've been talking about where I'm going for is I need to become a schedule manager if I'm mm-hmm. going to become a director or a VP because those teams or those roles manage large groups of individuals mm-hmm. and have large scopes. And I need to show that I can lead people and lead teams. I think I've done a good job of showing how technically strong I am, how I can command a room, how I can do scheduling. I think I have that pretty well grasped on my resume. Mm-hmm. What is missing is just that that management route. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about that. How much of the schedule manager role do you think is management activities? And what management activities are within that role? What do you need to learn? Yeah, well, I was shadowing our current scheduling manager and trying to learn from her what her job entails and what her role is. Because uh, I went to her and I don't report directly to her, but I'm dotted line report. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to learn from her. So I went to her and said, I need to learn, you know, what's your job's like? What do you do? What's your day to day look like? And I would say, about 50, 50 to 60% is, is managing. Um, you know, she has probably the other 10 to 20% is, uh, you know, reporting and aligning with executives. Mm-hmm. And then there's another, you know, I would say five to 10% where she's working on some special projects. Wonderful. And, and 
of that 50-60% which is managing, can you break down managing a little bit more for me? What what activities is, is actually within that? Yes, yeah, so it's a meeting with your direct reports, going over, you know, where they're at in their, you know, um, uh, progression of their careers, and then also where they're at in their work day to day. You know, we have lots of different mm-hmm. projects going on. There's the regular maintenance of reports that needs to happen and progressing and cadences on schedules. And then there's also, you know, some special projects and other things like that. And so, you know, that, that would be probably the biggest part of management is just meeting with those folks. And how do you think you're going to beyond shadowing, which is a fantastic, uh, a fantastic idea to do. How do you think you're going to learn and develop these skills to a level of competence to be, to allow you to command an interview so that the, person on the other side of the table can understand and deeply know that you deeply know how to do that level of management yeah that is a, uh, a great question for a coach to answer because i'm a little bit stuck no, just <laughs> i think uh <clears throat> my initial thought would be can i get because when you have a when you go in for a job interview a lot of what you're doing is just taking something you've done and representing as this would fit in this scenario. Mm -hmm. So when you tell me, how are you going to get that management experience um, or have that to be able to command and talk to an interview? My initial thought is I need to go find that experience somewhere in the company doing something so I can put that bullet point on my resume so I can speak to it in an interview. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there is uh, an opportunity that's coming up to help uh, develop a new progressing system where I would lead a team, um, you know, lead a team of a couple schedulers, a couple cost people, mm-hmm. and a couple junior PMs to go uh, update how we do progressing. And I would be the lead of that. So I'd put the project plan together, if you will. It's, you know, on this little side quest, and then I would report on it, but then I would also uh, be be managing this effort, and I think that would demonstrate that I can manage without authority, which is, from what I've read, some of the best management experience you can have. I would I would agree with that, and I'm going to step outside of a coach role for a moment and go to a mentoring role, uh, where I can provide advice. One does of the this, best does books. Does this cost? Does this cost extra money? Oh, it will cost you greatly. <laughs> Um, one of the best books that I've ever read that's actually correlated with my experience in this is The Making of a Manager, which is a, the story of an engineer turned into a manager, and uh, she applies engineering principles to understand the science of management itself, so breaks it down into people, purpose, and processes, and then breaks processes down into workflows, etc., and segments. Uh, like you said, um, authoritative management with managing without authority that you're talking about. Maybe one of the areas where you can gain additional expertise here is actually in books. So yeah, I completely agree. I'd highly recommend that. Okay, so you're going we'll to be... also we'll link that book in the uh, in the show notes, folks. So don't worry. There we go. I might put my favorite pages as well to help people get there. Yeah. Right, so you're going to be uh, managing this team and managing without authority. Give me a general framework. What are the what are the 
three or four things you're going to focus on when managing this team that will make the team successful and allow you to evidence that you are actively managing as opposed to just being a passive observer of a good team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's two different there's two things that come to my mind. And the first is we need to form as a high-performing team. So we need mm-hmm. to coalesce, we need to get together, and we need to be able to trust each other quickly. And the route that I feel is the best way through that is through psychological safety. And so to me, that is simply getting the team together, getting to know each other, mm-hmm. getting getting a, uh, that camaraderie built up, and assigning, starting to assign just some specific roles, you know, to the team. And so that answer I'm going to come back to because first to then lead this team, I'm going to need to have a project plan. And this is similar to like a schedule I would build for a construction project, but this is for, you know, whatever was assigned to me. And so it's very clear for me to understand with my management chain, what is the goal of this? What is the outcome they're searching for? And let's just say hypothetically, they want to improve progressing by 10%, be 10% more efficient. So um, hmm. either get 10% more value out of the progress we get or reduce the overall operational cost by 10%. And so me being me, I would probably shoot for 30 then uh, mm-hmm. if I'm trying to get 10 and take that as the goal. So then breaking that goal down, okay, how are we going to do this? And so I would just set out a simple plan, which I won't go into detail because it'd take me probably forever, but you know, a brainstorming session of ideas with the team. So that would then bring that team back in and we'd say, hey, here's the goal. We have X amount of time to go do it. And I broke this out into like a brainstorming session. We're going to narrow down the solutions. Then we're going to go execute on some of the solutions, create some timelines and blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm-hmm. I'd get that plan approved through my manager first. Like this is the, what we're targeting, you know, any recommendations and feedback. Then I go to the team and say, hey, listen, this is the box we're operating in. This is the goal. This is the timeline we have. And I really need you know, everyone's help here to get us through this. And then we do like a brainstorming session. So that way people feel bought in. Their ideas have been brought to the table. They they have stuff that they could be passionate or interested in. Because that's a big one when you're leading without authority is leaning into people's passions and interests. Because that's where they'll really get to work and do stuff for you when you don't have that authority. And then from there, I'm going to be the person as we go through that plan and those steps, I'm going to be the person reporting out on them. And I'm going to be handling the the team dynamics, you know, if someone's fallen behind working with them or whatever it is. And then that's how to the second part of your question on reporting out and showing like this is me pretending this is a real team and this is how I would run my real team. And so, you know, when we did achieve that 15% progressing efficiency, you know, I'm going to be reporting out on that saying we achieved our goal plus 5% more. You know, and these are the other things we've looked at. Now we want to cut this in globally, you know, and really push the bounds of it. Um, and then you also got to be able to highlight your, your team and leadership skills you're in, like as you're going through it. Like, look how well this team is together. Have the people, you know, give you thumbs up and kudos to your manager to say, like, oh, Mike is a great leader, you know. Um, let, me, let, me so- just, let me just stop there and, and probe in because you're you're using factual language so we put together a plan and we want to deliver 10 to 15% efficiency and you're using emotive language people are bought in and feel appreciated when 
when does management become leadership and leadership become management? Does a manager need leadership skills or does a manager simply need to be able to do PDRs, set objectives, review progress, etc.? Open question. That wasn't an open question. That was a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the best managers out there are obviously going to have great leadership skills uh, that you've ever worked with. I mean, it's, you know, I think there is a, in large, I've worked in several large companies. When you do get into mm-hmm. large companies, you have a lots of managers, a huge layer of middle mm-hmm. management. And just like anything, you're going to have some good and some bad. The best managers I've ever worked for are natural leaders. So they could be leading a team even if they weren't managers. And I think that that is a skill that makes you a great manager. But the interesting thing is, I don't know if that's ever really, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's something you should have on your resume or a prerequisite, but I think a lot of times that's hard to show in just numbers and figures and things like that. I don't know if that makes sense. It does absolutely make sense. And stepping into the the coaching bit again, and I'm just adding to your bill here. Um, what I would what I would say is that management is a role, leadership is a skill or a set of attributes. Dependent on the role, the context of the role, the value of leadership increases or decreases. But there's generally a very positive correlation in my mind behind the success as a manager and the power, the skills that one has as a leader and leadership. Like you said, you can be a leader and not be a manager right? at the same time. So they're not mutually exclusive. Um, but leadership is getting people to emotively buy in. I would say that management is more associated with IQ and leadership is more associated with EQ given that you're leading teams of people, then you you require both. If you are managing a whole set of machines, you don't need EQ. That's not a yeah. thing. You just need to manage the machine. Okay, so let's uh let's let's change this let's change the subject a little bit on this. And uh so we you know that to progress to being a VP of scheduling, you need to be a scheduling manager first. And to be a scheduling manager, you need to develop management skills, and you've got an opportunity coming up to start developing those management skills. You're also shadowing, and you're also reading around the subject. Beautiful. And there's one more thing before you go into it. Go on. I would be looking, I don't know if this is where you're headed with this, but I would be making sure that there is a potential for a role somewhere in that in the company that I could go become a scheduling manager that for. That was going to be my exact next question, okay. which is you can put all of this effort in and there's no reward at the end of the tunnel because you haven't done the first fundamental thing and checked yeah. if there's a role. So, okay, have you checked there's a role? There, let's, let's make this spicy. There is not. Interesting. I've been told there might be that a new project is coming down the pipes that's going to hire five, six, eight schedulers, and they're going to be looking for a schedule manager. But there's nothing definitive right now. It's just an imaginary carrot hung on. This is, this, is, this is your life. Would you like your life to hang on imaginary carrots, or are you going to have a backup plan? Yeah, well, you know, I watched the movie Hook, and they ate a lot of imaginary food, and it looked delicious. So, 
uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's been really complicated for me because this is the company I've spent three to four years in now. I'm very committed to it. I like the manager. I like the people. I like the work. I'm getting compensated pretty well. And so part of me really wants this career progression. But then the other part of me is how do I know if I do go look for new roles and new jobs that those would be any better than what I'm currently at? Okay. Well, um, let's let's ask that question. How would you know if those roles are going to be better or the same as what you're currently at? What is one thing that you could do to investigate that? Well, I think the the first part is you know that is a imaginary wall. It's not a real mm-hmm. wall. It's just an imaginary wall I built up to to help make me feel good about my own decisions. And mm-hmm. so I think there's a couple different options you have. You can go speak to people um, who are in various roles at other companies and get their perspective and say, hey, is this kind of normal in the industry to have this sort of imaginary carrot put out in front of you? Uh, another one would be you could actually go look at and apply for jobs and see, you know, interview and see what's out there. You know, maybe you're undercompensated. Uh, maybe you could go land a scheduling manager role right now, just as a senior scheduler, because the market's so hot. And then the last one, you know, would be speaking with your manager and t- changing that imaginary carrot into a real carrot. You know, like just putting a timeline down. So this project's supposed to go in six months. Great. You know, uh, that's awesome. Uh, why wouldn't you just make me manager now? Basically, I'd obviously say that in different words, but we're on a short timeline here because we like to keep mm-hmm. these episodes short, but I think you get my drift. I do. And actually I couldn't have come up with a better answer myself. Just so for everyone listening, you had the three components there of ask people externally, ask your manager and apply. And applying doesn't mean that you're going to progress through or an ex- or accept an interview, but it, right. it enables you to you test the market. There's also... There's also a fourth thing you said, which I think is extremely key, which is to even decide if you want to change company. And this is a balance that that people, everybody goes through, in my experience, goes through this decision at some point in their career. But for some reason, most people don't talk about it between each other, which is there's more to life than work. And a work-life balance and a family-life balance is a thing. So... Having a 15-minute commute and having a great boss but waiting another year to progress might actually be the best thing in your life compared to changing that commute to an hour and a half and having yeah. the uncertainty of not having a great boss. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the best exercises that I do you know, every so often is just what's your ideal day? If mm-hmm. you could do anything in the day, what's your ideal day? And you actually go in and just list out 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m. And you can expand that to a week as well. But what you'll find oftentimes is when you write out what your ideal day is and then you oh, look at what you're actually going. Oh, no, it's my end. We can cut Still that. there? Yeah, yeah, we can cut go that. Go again. So one of the best exercises that I've found is your ideal day and your ideal week. And so what you do is you go in, you list out, you know, basically by hour, what you would like to do each day. And you can say things like, oh, I go to the gym here. I'd love to do my work in the morning and have meetings in the afternoons. And then you go back and look at your actual calendar. 
And what you can find is sometimes when I've done it, I'm pretty darn close to my ideal day. It's just I'm focused on the wrong things. You know, mm-hmm. that promotion, that imaginary carrot didn't come up. So, oh, I'm so angry about the imaginary carrot. But just like you said, oh, I have a 15 minute commute. I get to go to the gym. You know, I'm still working on all these cool projects. And there's going to be another carrot out there. But for the most part, this is pretty close. If I adjusted a couple meetings and rebalanced some things, I'm 90% there to my ideal day. That's a great place to be in. And so I think that's one exercise and there's a bunch of variations of it, but that's, I think if you're in that situation where you're frustrated with your job, that's one exercise to do to see if maybe you're just, you just got really focused on one thing or one person and you're not seeing, you know, the forest from the trees. Mm -hmm. You're, you're completely, you're completely right there. And I, I would add here just a framework for everyone listening. This is my personal framework that I use, which is family, health. Health involves things like the gym, learning, and work. And I separate my days into those four. A very close friend of mine has a rhyming one. His is health, wealth, love, and happiness. I couldn't tell you how he segments love, happiness apart. Don't really know. Um, What's the one that you follow? You know, I don't, I don't have a rhyme and I don't have a four part system. Uh, I think to me, it's, it's just general level. I would say it's just probably just general levels of happiness and finding balance, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think whenever I just kind of sometimes go peaks and valleys, you know, and, and peaking is great. But when you drop down to that valley, whenever I'm there, you know, and I'm starting to feel frustrated and overwhelmed or whatever's going on that's time for me where I got to create some space and do some exercises to kind of think about, all right, what's, what's really going on here? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times over the years I've found, I'm either being like impatient, like I've said, I'm focusing on the wrong things and just staying in your mind on the hamster wheel of it going around and around and around. You're not going to get out and find a solution there. Uh, Cause many of these problems don't have solutions. It's not like a, you know, mm-hmm. a, like an A plus B equals C type thing. It's a, a perception thing, how you're perceiving your world. And so to me, um, you know, I do it I'd like, you know, family is extremely important to me. I probably put that first, um, you know, health obviously is, is very important. Um, and then I think there's a friends component. There's a learning component in there. Again, I just don't have, I don't have a fancy rhyme like, yeah, maybe I do need to figure one out. Ask chat GPT. Yeah, that's, that's your homework is to figure out your fancy rhyme. Okay. I'm looking at time now. Um, what is, is there anything you'd like the listeners to take away from this that you haven't already mentioned, or is there anything you'd like to emphasize before we finish? I just say that that journey between senior scheduler and out of senior scheduler can be a challenging one. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely a fork in the road. Um, but I would just say, stay patient you know, keep building up your resume, keep building up your experiences. And, you know, if that's what you really want to do is go to the next level, you know, be prepared to to move or take a new job or do what you need to do to get there. And it, it'll come, you know, you just sometimes you just have to be patient. Beautiful. Then with that, I'd like to thank everyone for listening in. And we'll see you next week.